Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by Guy Davis, CIO for Active Equities. And this seems to be a good time to think about opportunities, risks, inequities for 2021. Um, but before we get into that, if we think about how things went in 2020, uh, in retrospect, we had surprisingly strong returns. Uh, given everything else that was going on, actually double-digit returns in the U.S., in Japan, and in emerging markets, though Europe lagged again, at least relative to the U.S. That said, as we begin 2021, you hear comments of people worried about valuations, some people saying that you're near levels that you last had during the technology bubble in 1999 and 2000, some people concerned about what they see as extreme levels of sentiment, uh, frothiness, if you will, in the markets. Of course, we're all paying a lot of attention to the level of coronavirus infections and what we seem to have are deeper and even longer lockdowns than we had anticipated a few months ago when we had the initial vaccine news. Of course, there's political risk in the U.S., and questions about how much more central banks will be able to do to support economic growth. Now, the positive note in all of this is we're anticipating pretty significant fiscal stimulus coming out of the U.S. following the Democratic victory in the Georgia runoff elections. So that's all well and good, but then we start to worry about what happens if interest rates go up too much. So now to you, Guy. Uh, equity investors tend to be pretty optimistic about the outlook, focusing on potential uh, and a bit less perhaps on the risks. When you think about that landscape, what do you think are the main investment themes for 2021? Great. Well, uh, thanks, Daniel. And yes, I am an optimist, as, as you well know. So happy new year. And uh, thanks again for inviting me to contribute. And my sincere best wishes uh, for 2021 to our listeners. I hope you're all well. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you all for continued support. And it's, it's as you know, very much appreciated. So back to, uh, back to thematics uh, for 2021 and a more sort of optimistic note from my perspective. So I guess to begin with, themes are important in providing some context for finding uh, the compelling investment opportunities and for building portfolios. Now, those themes can transcend region, market cap, uh, investor sentiment, maybe impacting style. But other than that, you know, they, they go across the board and they're very useful, we find, in terms of helping us to locate ideas. So with that in mind, looking into 2021, uh, the pandemic is clearly going to remain front and center in terms of the spread of the virus, the rollout and effectiveness of vaccines, and through to the changes in social distancing measures and the direct impact on uh, economic activity. Now, we've all learned to live with the pandemic. Uh, the ability to manage and reduce its incidence will really be the game changer moving forward. And linked to that point, Learning to live with the pandemic has, and as we've said before, accelerated elements of secular change from how we communicate to how we work to our leisure time, and also in reinforcing and reminding us of, of some 
pretty important priorities, you know, from social cohesion through to the environment in which we live. So these elements are really unlikely to reverse, in my view. Uh, the use of cloud computing, uh, AI, and the creation of more innovative solutions. Uh, these are particularly important in, and topical, I guess, in, when we look at healthcare, given the pressure to both expand and introduce greater flexibility into our healthcare systems. And there's a point on valuation. You know, healthcare is, remains trading at historic lows, so a fantastic opportunity there. And the increased, the increased focus on the environment, which I just mentioned, uh, is also positive, I think, for, for everyone. You know, looking at policy, innovation, investor appetite through to public attitude to you and I, all beginning to move forward in step with an appetite to try and try and find real solutions. So this is great. It really matters. And as an investor, there's a fantastic opportunity, a real opportunity to generate good returns to fund liabilities, whilst also contributing to some meaningful change. I personally find that opportunity really exciting and hugely fulfilling. And as, as you know, Daniel, we're, we're very lucky and I'm very proud to work with some, some really great, talented and recognized people uh, in the industry. Other significant elements, I guess, from a thematic perspective, again, at least in part related to the pandemic, would be the continuation of dovish monetary policy, as, as you mentioned a second ago. Uh, obviously subject to inflationary pressures remaining subdued. Sure, the colossal levels of debt are concerning and will remain concerning for you know, future generations, there's no doubt. But dovish policy is important in not starving the recovery of oxygen. And in addition, provides you know, support for asset prices, as, as we know. Yes, there are risks. Uh, yes, there are bubbles. And yes, it's a fine balance. And finally, I guess I'd note uh, China as an important theme and with a focus on how Chinese policies will shape the local and global economy and hence market prices. And this can be played, as you know, in, in numerous ways, but not least in that we consider China exposure now as a distinct element in strategic asset allocations. As I mentioned at the beginning, developed markets had a strong run last year, but I want to uh challenge you a little bit to address some of the concerns that I raised. Uh, do you think markets have gotten ahead of themselves and are now overextended? It's, it's a good question, Daniel. Uh, and there's a short and long answer. Uh, in short, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty constructive on markets for this year. And I'm super constructive on the companies that we own on a multi-year basis. Yes, there's going to be volatility, and yes, there's likely to be a significant disparity between the winners and losers. But to my mind, there's really significant upside in terms of uh, uh, opportunity sets for the careful stock picker. From a, a slightly longer answer, I think it's important to consider both the detail and the context. For example, those companies with more challenged business models and financials, and we've talked about these before, which have rallied hard in the reflation trade, are arguably up with events, and you know, perhaps they, they're more than value, fully valued. And it's here that an ample supply of the cheap credit is having a, a, you know, a negative effect on sustaining more obsolete companies. And as you know, we don't tend to invest in this area of the market. So perhaps more relevant would be technology. 
Uh, and well, that's where many commentators you know, point to high valuations. And again, as mentioned before, whilst you know, it may be true that we're, uh, it may be true, but we're not, we're not near bubble valuations, uh, you know, from 20 years ago. Uh, there's still a great deal of dispersion, and you know, we've got the software as a service names and COVID-19 winners and more stretch valuations, while other stocks continue to trade at, at more compelling levels. And also, we've talked about this again before, but yeah, we continue to believe that tech deserves uh, a premium multiple versus the broader market, given growth prospects and improving returns on invested capital. Uh, it is uh, a stock pickers market, though. But growth, you know, regardless of uh, yields, growth will remain valuable and rare um, and deserves uh, a multiple. Um, that being said, valuations are very important. Um, we're laser focused on not overpaying. And it's our role to try and predict the quantum of change in companies and the size and nature of their addressable markets and to assess those prospects relative to valuations. And in doing so, we think it's useful to consider prospects in the context of some of those longer term themes that I, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. So, for example, um, consumer behavior, uh, the move towards e-commerce uh, has been accelerated further by the pandemic, as we know. So in practical terms, can we expect post-pandemic consumers to return in vast numbers to shopping malls for anything other than entertainment, food, beverage, etc.? Or will e-commerce platforms continue to be pro-growth? Question mark. These are the sort of questions we're, we're asking when we look at the underlying companies. Um, another example would be, yeah, there are currently around 8 million EVs, electric vehicles, on the road globally. That number is anticipated to increase to over yeah, 1.1 billion by 2050. Now, clearly, that significant change is going to create some pretty big winners in addition to losers. And we can expect significant changes in the industrial and commercial processes and the technology and so on and so forth. But again, that provides fantastic opportunities and we need to assess valuations in light of those opportunities and the size of those uh, addressable markets. Another example would be uh, residential solar, uh, which in the US has penetration of uh, around two and a half percent. This is only going to go one way over time. Um, and there are currently uh, very few companies with pricing power and the right technology and the right solutions to take advantage of that. So again, you know, it's looking at the addressable market and assessing that relative to valuation. So um, I think in brief, um, to my, my brief answer was uh, I'm, I'm constructive on markets. I think there are some fantastic opportunities there. Um, there are pockets of um, areas where valuations are, are trading pretty high. Um, and importantly, pretty high relative to growth prospects, but there are some really compelling opportunities too. So, as I say, I'm um, I'm very constructive. So you've highlighted the risk that exists in some areas, certainly around valuations. What are some other things that uh, keep you up at night, if you will? Do you worry most about the pandemic lasting longer? What about the prospect of increased regulation hitting some sectors that did particularly well in 2020. Uh, what's your 3 a.m. thought? I'm not sure you want to know my 3 a.m. 
thoughts, Daniel, to be honest. The, you know, last year has been, um, you know, when you look at headline numbers, and we've, we've, we've managed to generate some good numbers, I think, within our firm. But the, they, they uh, belie the, the level of stress and strains that people go through when we're, when we're looking at our underlying portfolios. And I guess I'd, I'd highlight three elements for equity markets in aggregate. Uh, first off being the, uh, the vaccines, so COVID-19 vaccines, which, as I mentioned a second ago, for me, really are the game changers. But the stresses and strains in their rollout together with questions over you know, effectiveness and efficacy uh, is going to impact the associated lockdown measures and is inevitably going to result in volatility. Now, for longer term investors, that's kind of less relevant to some degree. And as we know, equities you know, have remained liquid throughout periods of market stress in the past. So uh, liquidity is there if, if it's needed for, for investors. But volatility is, is a source of, of stress and strain. A second point, I guess, would be uh, regulation. That's been very much uh, in the news of late, both in, in the States and, and in China. Um, so the, the prospect of increased regulation is, is again, likely to result in, in volatility, continued volatility from the antitrust investigations into big tech uh, through to you know, uncertainty over the U.S. borrowing investments into Chinese companies. And again, and I've, I've said this before, but you know, we make assessments on a company by company basis and try and consider those you know, assessments and the prospects. Uh, relative to valuations. And in certain instances, valuations are supportive there. So um, that's reflective in, in, in our uh, asset sizing, our position sizing. And the third view, and, and this is something that uh, has been a 3 a.m. Uh, um, sort of thought, I have to admit, is the uh, steepening of yields. So you know, whilst it's not a central element of our view, um, it would have an impact on both the leadership of the equity market and ultimately the direction of, of equity prices. So those are a three of many, I would say, the three main ones that, that are dominating overall equity markets. Um, and I'd highlight these are you know, a risk uh, for equities and prices in aggregate. You know, We remain confident in the quality of, of our underlying portfolios. And as you know, um, we're focused on individual companies, which, uh, as I mentioned a second ago, we're finding good companies, good opportunities with strong moats and growing markets and great prospects. So um, hopefully that that's uh, a more optimistic end to that to that question. Thanks very much, Guy. If I can summarize then some of the themes that you think are going to be important in 2021, most of them really stemming from the pandemic and the lockdowns, which we all appreciate are going to bring long lasting changes to behavior and therefore to opportunities for corporates around technology, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, certainly further investment in healthcare. And as you point out, valuations uh, in many parts of the healthcare sector are actually quite attractive these days. Uh, more emphasis on improving the environment uh, and on a regional basis, country basis, the opportunities that you see in China. Nonetheless, if we do think about the risks and people highlight valuations, uh, you acknowledge that certainly it's true. Uh, parts of the market do seem to have uh, high valuations 
but that there's a wide dispersion within the market. And that's what creates the opportunity, particularly for stock pickers. Uh, all the market isn't highly valued. There are still opportunities there where you can find very good growth potential at a reasonable price. That said, other things to be concerned about uh, in the near term, the opportunity in the rollout of the vaccines also creates a potential for volatility in the short term if there are any bumps in the road as we try to get the widest availability possible. Uh, tech sector is still facing challenges around antitrust. Uh, and then as we see with the reflation trade, the increase in yields is reflecting the prospects of higher growth. But of course, there is the risk that at some point yields go up either too far or too quickly, and then equity markets take a bit of fright. So as always, risks and opportunity, uh, but thanks very much, Guy, for laying that out so clearly for us. That's all for today. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks again to Guy for sharing his insights. Please join us next week for the following edition of our Market Weekly podcast. Until then, we wish you a very safe week and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.